All right, we are live. Got to get the video going. Ow. Oh, this is going to bother me now. In a world of divisiveness, we bring you diversity. In a world of hate, we bring you love. In a world of fear, we inspire you to live. And now, laughing, loving, and alive with your hosts, Rain Thomas, Elmer J. Howard, and Dr. Kevin. Hello, hello. I am The Flash. Whoa! I love that. I am Count Dracula in 2022. Ah, 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 ah. What I really love is the way Elmer says, I am the Flash. <laughs> Not, I'm the Flash, right? That's what you'd think a Flash would be, right? No, yeah. I well, am the Flash. Well, see, I'm so fast all the time that, you know, when I'm just slow with the normal people, I just talk a little slower. Are you saying Oh, is that people? what it is? <laughs> okay. Anything you tell people? yourself to sleep at night, we're okay with. We ain't sleeping with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I am William Shakespeare. Oh, this is quite the selection we have here tonight. Yes, yes. So, tell me, who have you been flashing lately, Elmer? <laughs> He said he was a flash. I just thought I'd I want to hear this. I've got my recording on too, just in case I need well, to get his next movie. My it'd be myself in the mirror. Mm. Oh, oh well, now we're on to the scary yeah. things. <laughs> Dracula, what have you? <laughs> so, what have you been up to, Elmer? Spill the beans. Uh work. Um, we went to the Renaissance Festival for my birthday. Cause I don't have we had a show since then. No, I don't, I don't think so. Okay, so yeah, so and Kevin, Doctor Kevin came up, and uh, Jeff and his father, and we had Nikita and um, Dragon. So we had a little group go to Stanton. Now where was that in Maine? It was on the west central kind of oh, New Hampshire border. Sorry. Acton was it Acton? Acton? Yes, you're right. Acton, Maine. Acton. Not that either one of you would know anything about Acton, but <laughs> I've been to Acton. <laughs> what? I've been to Acton. Acton, Maine. Yeah, there's it's... population four. Right, right, right. Well, but there was a huge ISD on the end of the word for you two. <laughs> so you went to the Ren Fair. You had a birthday. Was it a, what is it? Was it a milestone one? Uh, yeah, twenty nine. <laughs> <laughs> what else? <laughs> um, I'm not here to judge. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think back. The last few weeks, I've just been busy with uh, the film, the accounting, the duplex. How's that coming along, the duplex? I mean, are you doing some work or what's happening? Uh, we've slowed down because uh, we're trying to get some money from the city. 
and they won't okay. give it to any projects that have already started. So there's some projects we just can't start until we get the, the money from them. Oh, this is news to me. <laughs> you didn't tell me. Is that artistic projects like the outside, the frame or the foundation or no, no, no artistic stuff. It's, it's only structural safety, things like that. Like if there's lead paint, they'll actually give us the money for free. The rest are like long-term loans that are, you know, really low interest to fix it up in, you know, other ways. Okay. There we go. So. Uh, well, you'll have to tell me all about it. I'm going to see Elmer on Tuesday. In person? In person. Yep. At the at the actual property while he's... Uh, no. Uh, we're going to be actually meeting... We're actually going to be in person with Mindy for the first time in years. Wow. Yep. So. Wow. Getting, getting our funds from our sponsors. That's what this meeting is about. So we can all go like lay on the yacht somewhere. I want to be doing this show from Hawaii. No, right? yeah, exactly my point. So we're gonna move on from uh, from the lash, and we're and we're gonna move to here. Come to judge. Here come to judge. Here come to judge. <laughs> so tell us how are your how are your numbers these days, Count? Well, I'm so glad you asked me, Dr. Kevin. Ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah. Oh. I got to get some bats in here. I forgot my bat down. I think you need have... to find a belfry first, honey. <laughs> oh, my God. My whole life is one big belfry. <laughs> um, so tomorrow, I, I, I think, along with some other people, are anticipating. And I don't even know it's, if it's tomorrow, but I somehow got a chance to be in or part of the last episode season of Better Call Saul. And I don't know if you saw that on Facebook. We did. Woo, woo, woo. I, I missed woo, that. Woo, woo. Yeah. So people have been, you know, like, where are you? Where are you going to be? I'm like, I don't know. I know as much as you know. Because, you know, they're going to do twists and turns. And over the years, and both Dr. Kevin and Elm, I'm sure you know this, People sign contracts, and no matter how many thousands of times it says in the contract, don't talk about the episode, don't, you know, the people go right there and then they end up getting sued. So in this case, I have no idea. I signed all the paperwork that they asked me to sign so that it can be released, and I have no idea what they're doing. I don't know anything about the time. I don't know if I'm at the beginning, the middle, the end. I don't know if they are doing something else and all of a sudden I'll pop up. So everybody will just have to stay tuned because I have people texting me all day today telling me what time it comes on tomorrow. I'm aware of what time it comes on tomorrow. They're like, where are you in the sequence? I told you when you asked me that a week ago. I don't know. I just know that I am excited to be a part of one of my most favorite shows ever. Oh, 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 oh. What is, what is this? What is this show again? What's it called? Better Call Saul. Better Call. I mean, I saw the, the Facebook post mm -hmm. and the Instagram post and I liked both of them, but I don't think I'm familiar. What station is it on? It's AMC. And if and you know what, Dr. Kevin, I think you would really love it. Did you see? Did you watch Breaking Bad? No. 
Okay, so it's like a spinoff, and it's the attorney who's in Breaking Bad, and all of his antics and craziness, and he ended up with his own show, and they're kind of backtracking how he became who he is, the Better Call Saul. He has all these personas, but they're all like some kind of gimmick and crazy. I think you would like it because you would get a kick out of some of the gimmicks he comes up with. I mean, the cheesier, the dumber, the better. So now, will you be reviving your 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 persona as Homer Hickman's mother? Are, are um, you-, you know, it's funny you should say that. Homer and I actually talked this week. And uh, he has some ideas out there. And Scott Hill, who, you know, the GM, we also talked. This season is over for what for uh, Theater West Virginia, but Scott always somehow figures out a way to revamp that. So I think both him and um, Homer and Homer's agent, Burke, who's also a good friend, I, I, they're doing something behind the scenes. So yes, I am looking forward to being revamped as his mom. Well, I was thinking maybe you're going to be uh, revamped on What About Saul? I thought maybe coming from West Virginia, you could be the love child of his mother, who was his sister that he was having an affair with and had a child or something. Would you go ahead and hashtag that for me next to Better Call Saul? Let's get this. Any angle. I am not ashamed. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care what kind of scenario you come up with. I am in. So this is a legitimate question. Please don't make fun of me. I don't have cable. The last time I had cable, I think it only had 12 channels. Um, what is what is AMC? Um, you know what? Let me tell you, you know, your legitimate question that I'm not going to make fun of, because before I met my husband, I didn't even have a television. So... I mean, to me, AMC is the theater chain we go to down the road. So when you said AMC, I was like, well, I, I think it's the American Movie Channel, I think is what it stands for. I think that's what is that is the is the Walking Dead on there too? Uh, are they on AMC? I think they are also on AMC. Yeah, because I don't watch television very often, so I'm kind of that's a legitimate question for me. I I, I is, don't have a clue. Yeah, they do have an AMC plus stream anywhere but uh, yeah walking dead um okay i mean i was i was curious because i was like i don't know if i can actually get it because i don't have cable you get some of the stuff on apps i mean yeah i uh, that's an elma question or my husband i don't know if you because my husband from what i understand has like a million channels on cable i don't know how any of them work i don't know what's on there i I don't have a clue. It's just a lot. So I think you can stream it on your phone or tablet, Elmer. Uh, well, they have an AMC Plus if you're, um, um, you have to pay for it or get seven days free. But I think, uh, I'm not sure of this because I, I don't use the um, AMC app, but like I pay for Apple TV. And so, uh, or now it's called Direct TV Stream. Um, so I think uh, because I have those, channels i think you can log into amc because i get amc on my direct tv so i think you get amc you can lock, watch it that way so kevin like i've logged you into some of my stuff so maybe maybe we can try and see if i can get you the amc app and log you in i just like to see i, I mean obviously i want to want to see the magnificent presence 
what Me too. <laughs> she, when she looks like when she's well, out of the desert. Don't you know that she, you know, she goes and plant, you know, and practices and prepares a 10 minute monologue and they'll just cut it out. That's exactly what I was thinking when I got the notice. I'm like, okay, this is a full on skit. Now they could condense it down like some other people I know. And it's not a skit. It becomes a skuh. So let's see what. I have PTSD from though because it's not just you. I mean, I've done things years and years and years, and then all of a sudden, like they scrap it, and then I never think about it again. And a couple of years later, someone will take a screenshot. They're like, "Oh, I saw you and so and so." I'm like, "Okay, nobody even told me that that was being released." But you know, once you sign the paperwork, they can release it anytime, anywhere. So I, you know, I'm just pushing my way forward. Dr. Kevin, enough about me. I'll send you the link if they send it to me and I see me. Um, when's your new book coming out? I need I need copies and I'm coming to visit you and you can sign them and give me all my copies. While when are you coming? Well, I don't know. Thoughts at 4 a.m. Was that not out last time we were on air? Maybe it just came out. I just actually got the hard copies. So I don't think that was out. So yeah, so Thoughts at 4 a.m. is out. That is my latest book of poetry that's out. Um, and I don't have anything else. I think I don't have anything else scheduled this year. Um, I do. I had the most wonderful day with my husband. Um, and the reason I, I segued from that to that is because you know, I'm working on the my new LGBTQ uh, romance, mainstream romance. And I've been working on it, I think, about six weeks now. Five, six weeks, seven weeks maybe. But um, I'm topping about 85,000 words. I'm about 80%, 85% done. And I had enough done that uh, Jeff and I went to a local place. We go hiking. I printed out a bunch of it and we spent a couple hours with me starting because I'm a verbal editor. And so mm -hmm. the first time I go through my book, I like to read it out loud to somebody and then have mm -hmm. their feedback. But also that's how I make the notes and stuff. It's like I, I, I easier do it on that than on the screen. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, um, you know, Sorry. Did you say that? so that was really... Uh, so, you know, we were in this beautiful, we'd, we'd do a couple of chapters and then we'd get up and we'd hike to a different place and we'd sit down and we'd do a couple of chapters and hike. And so, I don't know. I mean, I think we got maybe through 20% of the book because, you know, you're, I'm, I'm reading it and listening. And I've actually asked a couple of friends of mine, I said, do you like audiobooks? And if they say yes, I'm going would you be willing to spend some time and have me read my book to you? It'd be like listening to an audio book and then give me your feedback. I want to do all of this before I send it to the publisher editor for the publishing house. I, I mean, I, I want to go through it two or three times, but I'm over the moon happy with how the book is coming out. Um, and I don't know if I said this last time, but it's gone in my head from a single book to a series. And so there's like eight books in it now that wow. are- and I've been interweaving the characters that are going to have their own book. So I have the canon done. Um, 
you know, like birth dates, death dates. I've run astrology charts for key players to, you know, really get into the depth of the character. I'm making the time period that the initial book is coming out um, one of the players in the book. So I'm pegging it to real life events and how it affects these two characters as it affects the world. And as part of the evolution of them as, as going, because, you know, in the book, we start with two little boys that become best friends and become inseparable best friends that at some point later in adulthood realize that they're soulmates. So, I love it. What'd I want to audition. I'm sorry, what'd you say? I want to audition. Oh, well, the guy that is uh, that's working with me, um, the guy that's the publisher um, that's running the program that was on here, Nick, that we had on, um, his primary thing is he's a screenwriter. He's, he's done a lot of screenwriting for stuff mm -hmm. for movies and Hollywood. He teaches screenwriting i think it's through the university of california so he's a professor at usc doing screen, teaching screenwriting and stuff and he's been following he hasn't read the book yet but he's been following as we've been talking about like what's going on and he's already said i'm almost he's like i i can pretty much 90 percent tell you i'm going to want to turn this into a movie i've already got the role well you would be the perfect character of ma so i'll play dad i'll play mom i'll play the family pet i will play any of those because i know if you if you are putting it into a series it's going to be magnificent and i i want in well ma ends up getting her own book that's oh. a book that's a couple of books down so she gets her own book and um she is probably, I'm going to say, the third most important character in the book. I'll take it. So she's through the whole book. She is is teaching these little boys about ghosts and gods and love and judgment and bigotry and all the things that they were being forced to face in the 60s and early 70s. So I'm in. I'm it ready. Would be, it would be a perfect role for you. It really would. Put me in the game, coach. So, anyways, but we should probably get to our guest, um, or she's gonna, you know, decide to uh, just hang up on us. She's like, I'm no, she's here. back there, probably writing notes. She's probably like, keep talking, keep talking. I have to answer these questions. I have keep nine talking. questions. Keep talking. Oh, so I do want to just throw out a little teaser. Elmer and I are going to throw it just a little tiny teaser. Um, uh, we can't say anything yet, and we don't know if it's going to go anywhere. But we're just going to say we're having a meeting tomorrow that could really, um, uh, really add some interesting things. Wouldn't you say that's a good way to put it, Elmer? Yep. Add some but, interesting things to like my life or to the world or and nothing. If you can't say anything else, I get it. Uh, let's just say it may be an opportunity. It, 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 it's, it's a meeting that, that is about uh, uh, that, that is about an opportunity for me and a TV show. I love it. 
it's a, so. I'm there. Whatever it is, I'll be in the audience. I'll hold up cue cards. <laughs> I'll paint. I'll paint. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, but we'll see. We may come back in two weeks and go. Yeah, it went nowhere. Who knows? Every Life opportunity is an opportunity for development. That's true. Okay, you want to introduce tonight's guest? This is the money lady. I mean, I think everybody already knows who she is based on some of the questions that Dr. Kevin is going to take away from her. Um, Mary Ashby is a fine friend. Anybody who kind of knows you and gets in their car and drives hours and hours from where they live to where the this outdoor theater is taking place to come see you in a role is definitely my idea of family. And the fact that she has really um, changed the way my husband and I looked at money and what needs to happen. And this was years and years ago when we lived in Virginia. So I am really excited to bring Mary Ashby back so that she can tell me the secret to being a multimillionaire by Tuesday at noon. <laughs> well, laughing is a big part, right? <laughs> she's she's got this bridge she's going to sell you in Brooklyn and by I'll take it. Day at noon you can resell it and make millions of dollars. Right? I'll take it. That well, might be the only way. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, thank you. It's so good to be back with you all. So, Mary, um, uh -oh. for those of you, so, Mary, I want you to take a second because uh, I know this is not quite in the realm of the reality known as Rain World, um, but there might be people who actually were not present or did not see it the first time. So, all they know is you can drive a car um, and you do something with other people's money, which could make you anything from a politician to a burglar. Uh, so can, can you tell us uh, exactly what is the role with money you play? And then I'm gonna gonna take you, uh, we're gonna go to church after that. Oh, okay, gotcha. So I am your money GPS. I help you grow, protect and save for your financial future. And I have, I'm based in Virginia, but have uh, licenses in a lot of different states. And when I say licenses, investment licenses and things like that. So um, basically, like I said, I, I help individuals and families with getting on track with their uh, financial game plan, helping them develop their financial game plan and implementing it. So do you know that what the easiest way is to get a license um, to work with, all, with, with other people's money is in all 50 states? Well, luckily, if you are looking to be like a representative or an investment advisor, those are um, federal licenses. So, um, you know, there's just a process to go through to, um, you know, be, you have to be with a firm, but to get those licenses, tests you have to take, all that good stuff. But it's a pretty straightforward process. Isn't the firm another name for like the mob? 
Isn't there? Isn't the firm? Wasn't that one of the nicknames for the mob? You tell me, Doctor Kevin. <laughs> I was thinking that the easiest way to get a to get a license to deal with other people's money, actually a license to steal, was to just get elected into D.C. and then you could do oh. then you stole money from all fifty states from people. Uh, but I'm not going there tonight. So. Rain won't let me go there either, but it was, it was, she has to admit it's a good joke. She's laughing. Uh, um, I'm sorry, I didn't hear a word anybody said. So were you guys talking? <laughs> you know nothing. You know nothing. You better call Saul. Those are the kind of things that he could get you out of. <laughs> so I, I know we had some people that sent in some questions. I'm going to try to get to some or all of them. But I actually have a very specific place I want to start this with, which I think is a, is a huge question for a lot of Americans today. We have rising Fed rates. We have inflation like we haven't had for a long time. It seems to meter have been metering out a little bit, but still we are in an inflationary time period. What should people be thinking about their own money and what to be doing when we are in an inflationary period like we are now? What would what would you be saying to your clients like Rain if they if she said, what can you do to help me with inflation? And move to Canada doesn't count. <laughs> count. You know that I mean that's a, a really good question. And you know, most of the people that I work with, um, we have a plan in place. And now if inflation has definitely thrown a wrench into that plan. Um, I don't think most of us were expecting these, you know, extraordinary high inflation numbers. But what I've, you know, a plan, I just can't emphasize how important having a plan in place is because then you can go through these bumps because it's a bump. It's a road bump. And it might be a six month road bump. It might be a year or 18 months um, or even a little bit longer, but it's just a bump in the road. And we've seen these things happen before and we can't panic. I think that's probably the biggest thing advice I can give people is, not panicking and making rash decisions based on emotion. You know, thinking about this logically and working with someone, you know, that you trust and, you know, getting through this bump in the road. So what do you see the correlation being between the market and inflation? Or is there not one? Um. I mean, there definitely is a correlation between the market and inflation. And, um, you know, but there's a lot of other pressures right now on the economy. And I don't profess to be some economically brilliant person. So let me just state that. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of other pressures going on right now. So, um, you know, the market, I think, is still a little overvalued, probably. So, um, you know, I think you, 
we're still going to see some bumps, even though it's leveled out some. But, um, you know, so I don't think we're out of the um, wood yet, um, especially when it comes to the market right now. And the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, the, you know, just the volatility in it. Just mm -hmm. expect more volatility. So doing things and you and I discussed, I can't remember whether it was on air or after air, um, you know, yours is a field that I did a long time ago, mm -hmm. back when you were just a little school girl. Uh, and in the same town I'm in, I think. And in if the same I town. Um, and so, but, you know, things change, laws change, regulations change. I would never put myself out to, you know, for licenses that expired 30 years ago, more than 30 years ago. But um, I guess part of it is, is I understand when you say plan that I want to clarify for our audience that people can plan for retirement, but they can also plan for a house or they can plan for college education or they can plan for how often are they going to get a new car even? I mean, like there's a lot of out there. I think when, when you say plan um, I think a lot of people in their heads tend to jump to retirement if it's not specify a better specification of plan. Would you say that that's a fair comment? Yes. And especially, I think, when it comes to investing, too, because some of the other things might be shorter term goals that I would never recommend that anyone invest money to achieve goals, you know, in three years or so. Um, you know, you have to be really careful because we've seen what the market, you know, has done in the last six months, seven months. Yeah. So, but cor correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, if, if I were to come to you um, in this moment mm -hmm. and say, here's have after Kevin. Um, what? Kevin, you you froze. Oh, did I? My bad. Yeah. What did you miss? So, if I were to say oh, to you, <laughs> so um, I can't help it if I froze after that heat wave. It felt good. So, um, but in this. Is the only thing your planning does is investments? Like, if I'm not qualified for investments, can I not come to you? No, no, not at all, not at all. Okay. Because the the plan encompasses everything that you want to do um, in your achieve financially. So, this things that you mentioned, you know, buying a new car. How often am I doing that? You know, purchasing a home, um, getting rid of debt planning for children's college, all those things play into it. But I just wanted to distinguish between investing, because when people talk about investing, those are longer term goals. So if you're working with somebody, because again, you know, I'm coming back. I think that a lot of Americans right now are, are freaking out. The inflation, the volatility of the market, what is the meaning of money? Um, you know, 
uh, and are feeling very like scary. And at a time when maybe they should be looking at it differently as a way to maximize the opportunities of what we have. And that doesn't always mean investments. You of all people know that. What are the other things that you, what are the places you may send them or um, things that you may structure? To, okay, we're in a inflationary period, we're in a market. This is a good time to do this, this, and this. What does that look like? Well, you know, I, and some of these things are pretty basic, but, you know, making sure that you have a decent emergency fund in place right now. And if anyone's looked at their savings rates at the bank, they've gone up because of inflation and increased, um, well, actually with the interest rates going up. Uh, but you're making sure you have that in place. Paying down some debt, if that is, you know, if you've got debt that you owe, because think about this, uh, right now with interest rates rising, most um, credit card debt, um, you know, other home equity loans, home equity lines of credit, those things are based on um, the federal rate. So as that's going up, your interest rates are going up. So getting that stuff paid off um, as soon as possible might be to your benefit. Okay. So looking at that now, when you say, um, you know, that emergency fund, mm -hmm. what, what do you use as a general formula? I mean, this is not specific. Mm -hmm. Let's let everybody not get their panties in a knot. We're not giving you specific financial advice here. This is just a general kind of think in this way. So right. now I've done your CYA. What is your formula, Mary? I mean, like so, of so definitely having $2,000 um, in savings. That is the first step because that will cover almost any emergency. Car breaks down, you need to replace an appliance, you know, any things like that. Because I really feel strongly that avoiding debt is important. Too many people, and especially in times like these, will, uh, instead of changing their style of living, will start using the credit card more when they're at the grocery store, when they're at the gas pump, or when they just want something. And, and I'm not talking about, you know, you got to put gas in your car, you know, to go to work and you have no money. I'm talking about just not changing your style of living right now when um, these, you know, all these pressures are happening with, especially with, you know, prices increasing so much. And, um, you know, and so that is uh, critical to, you know, really evaluate your, you know, budget, you have dirty word, but I've, now is one of the best times to start looking at that. How much are you um, spending on things? What can you cut out? Go look at your credit card statements. Get, um, you know, a lot of us have these monthly charges coming out. We were talking about, you know, different, you know, streaming services, things like that. What can I start eliminating, uh, you know, just to help meet the grocery prices, the gas prices, you know, the other things that I need on a daily basis. Um, so, I have, so I have two questions for you. Um, mm -hmm. 
And one is, so I see these go by in my social media, fa the, my, my social media feeds, this app that's supposed to go in if you enter everything and then make it easier to cancel and show you where you're not using things. Do you have any experience with that? Is something that you've ever recommended to your clients? Have you tried it to see if it is something to recommend to your client? Because let's face it, it gets really crazy having so many different streams of information and income and do, 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 do. So have you tried one of the apps? Do you like it? If you haven't tried it, is it something you're thinking about? Would you recommend it to your clients? So let's start with that one. Okay. No, I have not tried um, one of those apps that you're talking about, but I have heard of them and I've had some people use them and have spoken um, well of them. And I don't even know the specific one because I'm sure there's more than one out there. I mean, so definitely I can't, you know, recommend one. But one of the things I do recommend is, you know, keeping your financial situation as simple as possible. So having everything coming out of one debit card and pull your statement and just look at it, uh, you know, and or off of one card, you know. So definitely, and I do prefer debit cards rather than credit cards for all the reasons I mentioned before. So, um yeah, I would ask around. I mean, I think that's where some of our best uh, resources come from is, you know, ask your friends. Have Has anybody used this app? What's your experience been? Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, depending on the age group that you're working with, that, um, you know, w working in your 20 to 30, even 30 to 35 age group, that, you know, definitely if you can show them an app that's going to help them manage their money, that you're probably going to get a lot more cooperation versus they're going, you want me to print out a what? You want me to compare what? I'm so, I don't even know how to do it. Can you still get those? I thought that did they still do statements at banks. I can hear, I work with 20 somethings on how to live through life. Mm -hmm. like, like how to live, like they literally, I've literally had one say to me, you can get a bank. I didn't know you could get a bank. What would I get a bank statement for? So that's why I'm thinking, you know, do you know, if, if this is the language we need to talk to them with that, we probably need to be, you know, that's why I was curious. Yeah, um, but, you know, oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, Mary. Mm -mm, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to mention that I know most of the people that I work with that are in the 20 to 40-year-old range, um, because debit card use is so prevalent, they are checking their bank statements every day or every other day, even though they don't realize that they're actually checking a bank statement because they're logging in online and looking at everything every very frequently, you know, to see what their balance is. What I, what I thought was interesting, and Dr. Kevin, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, we have and I don't remember seeing this on our credit cards before. So we have a, a Southwest credit card, so we get points and we have Capital One. And I think over the course of maybe the last couple of years, I happen to, because I try to make sure they stay at zero, but I happened to look at the Southwest one because they sent something at the end of the year and they had a graph on there that showed 
where we spent our money and they, you know, and it was like a pie chart and it had it in color. And I was like, oh, this is really good. So you can see if your entertainment is actually higher or lower, because a lot of times we probably don't know exactly what we're spending with you know, well, we're streaming and you need a credit card or, you know, it's like, well, in order to get a discount on this, you need to put it on your credit card and this, that and the other. And I thought that was interesting because it was it had more detail than a bank statement. Like I could look at the colors and say, oh, wow, I didn't realize we were spending this much at the power company or, whoa, I didn't realize every month this was what my Verizon bill looks like. So I think that's probably tailored for like the Elmer generations that go in and, you know, need an app because definitely younger, not younger than Elmer. He just had a milestone birthday. Oh, yes, that's right. He's younger than Elmer. <laughs> Was my dyslexia kicking in again? Um, so, um, so I have another question for you, Mary, and then I'm going to ask you a couple of questions people have, sat in, have sent in. Um, so I know there used to be a thing, and and I, I got a little bug-eyed when, when you told me what your safety valve was, um, because I know, and again, I'm ancient history, when, when Wells Fargo actually did travel with a covered wagon. And, um, and there's but, me in the back. <laughs> um is was the concept of three months of expenses was considered a reasonable is when did that change i you said 2000 and i'm like oh my god that wouldn't cover anything if i missed a week of work it wouldn't right. it wouldn't even i mean it, it, yeah it, yeah no so no you're very shocked yes that's an initial, and I didn't complete that. That's the initial, you know, have 2000. Then, you know, really focusing on debt and getting rid of debt would be my next priority with most people. And then building that three to six months of bare bone living expenses. Mm -hmm. And so it, it would be whatever you you felt comfortable with. And I work with each person, you know, individually to determine what their um, bigger safety net is. But you are right. Yes. You do have to get to a point where you have more than $2,000 in savings. That's just initial to keep you from putting things on credit cards while you're getting that debt paid off. So uh, there used to be an approach, and I'm just curious what you think about it, where it would be like, okay, so I'm gonna, I have a hundred dollars. I'm gonna do fifty on debt and fifty on savings, even if I have the two thousand. So I'm bringing the debt down, but I'm also doing that, like that that coverage that I feel like I'm going both ways, like finding like a way to divide it instead of two thousand. Everything goes on debt, which sometimes can take a long time to pay off, and I get it with interest rates, and it's the so do you ever recommend a split or do you, are you pretty much like, no, let's, you got the 2000. So, you know, if you uh, get a nail in your tire and buy something to McDonald's, you're, it's gone, but you know, don't do it in the same week. Cause that's about what 2000 covers right now. Mm -hmm. uh, would you do a split, split version? What's your thoughts? 
Um, so when I would do a split version would be um, probably when there was some retirement money in the picture, like where you might be missing some free money from your employer, some match money. Um, I would definitely say then, you know, let's make sure we're getting all the free money we can get from our employer. Uh, that that would be a time when I would definitely do a split. But getting rid of debt, especially right now, is critical. Because if you think about it, if you can eliminate debt and then you have so much more money that you can really put towards your emergency fund and the bigger emergency fund, uh, and you have a whole lot less bills if something happens. So if I look at my husband as expensive in a debt, you want me to divorce him first? I'm not going there either. <laughs> Good job, Mary. <laughs> I said if. I didn't say he was. I said if. She's not getting in that at all. <laughs> so... We had quite a few questions about checking accounts. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if they came from all sorts of different people. I suspect there is somebody who, um, I suspect they may have come from the same person. Uh, so they want to know, is a checking account really necessary? Do you need it to get insurance and invest? Can you get denied one by a bank? Yes. Um, and why? Well, there's a lot of reasons why. Uh, and let me see, what was it? There was like three or four. So talk about checking accounts. Do we still need them in, in 2022? If so, why? And, you know, um, is there something specific you need them for anymore? That's kind of the question. Yeah. And I think what a lot of younger people are doing today is, you know, they're putting... Um, their, their salaries going directly to like a debit card type thing. Mm -hmm. uh, that's still an account. It's probably set up pretty similarly to a checking account, even though it might not be called a checking account. So yes, you do need to have an account that your money's going into and can come out of. Now for investing, most investment firms won't take a debit card as a form of payment. And so a lot of times you do have to have a routing number and an account number. So, and I think that even though I don't have one of those accounts, but I think most of those um, accounts that are debit cards have routing and account numbers. They're online accounts. Mm -hmm. So I think that, um, Yes, you still need to have some sort of an account. And you also can't just rely on your savings accounts because you got limits as to how much you can pull out of your savings account each month. So, yes, checking account is necessary. And I would agree with that. I want to add in that one of the ways, because I, I, I put a ton of stuff on credit cards um, because I get points, I get miles, I get this. But I, in my checking account, set it up that I pay every month down to zero. Like it just pays the whole balance. It keeps it going. I have all sorts of every, like, and Elmer was the one that browbeat me into this when he first started working as my accountant because I was going to have him write checks. And he's like, I don't write checks. Everything's going to be automatic. That's the way it is. 
there's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> that was about right, right, Albert? Is that about what you said to me when you came to work for me? And was well, really funny? And I, I, it's taken me a few years, but I've also done that with Maria, too. <laughs> a mutual friend of ours. Yeah, yeah. First thing you took away from me. <laughs> now we're not writing checks. But you may never write a check. But there are things that you need to have, like you said, mm -hmm. and and it actually can be a very valuable. I'm not going to get late fees. I'm not going to do things. I only have to keep track of the fact that I keep the money in the account for it to take out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are so many. It's easier than it's ever been because I used to work in banking. Literally, I worked at, in banks for like five years um, and it's so easy now. To even set it up that on a monthly basis it transfers from the savings into the checking account mm -hmm. in time to pay all the bills. Like it makes it so easy now. Mm -hmm. Like there should be no reason to get an overdraft charge unless you literally don't have the money. Mm -hmm. But right. you need that checking account there to do that. Well, the um, other thing I'll emphasize if I can just jump in here don't ever pay any fees for a checking account. If a checking mm -hmm account they want to charge you fees because you're not keeping enough money in it look for another account there's plenty out there there you do not have to pay a monthly fee now have you had any experience that a lot of the credit card companies have jumped in like capital one with now you can do an online banking i get promos all the time from capital one from uh, chase i mean there seems to be this big big move where um where there are accounts where there are no brick and mortar. Do you think there's right. any higher risk to that? Or, I mean, as long as they're FDIC insured, what are your thoughts? I mean, I just encourage people to always do their research before they um, you know, change banks or move with a non brick and mortar bank. But I think there's lots of good options out there. Um, I think you mentioned some, and uh, it's a pretty easy, you know, research on the Google, Mr. Google, your friend, um, to figure out what the best ones are. So here's a question I wanted to ask, which is, um, can a person start investing without parental consent? At what age can a person start? Yeah, it's. Normally 18, which is the age of majority. Um, so at 18, for most people, they can start investing without parental consent. But I will add that prior to 18, if you have a good relationship with your parents, um, you can open up an account. Uh, your parent has to be or someone, an adult has to be the custodian. But that you can definitely begin investing earlier than age 18. So it's not the highest, uh, it's not the highest. I'm going to throw this out. Unfortunately, I've have had a couple of experiences with, uh, you know, 18 year old kids moving out and parents draining their joint account on their way out the door. I've seen it happen. Um, and, uh, you know, so, one of the, uh, you know, and they have no recourse because the parent's name was on the account, uh, which is, again, why we have to get children better rights. But that's a different story for a different day. Um, but if you're 14, 15, 16 and you think your parents are shady, 
and maybe they are, maybe they're not, but if you think they are, but you want your money to make some money, I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, you can find, you can buy, buy yourself savings bonds that are in your name that do not have to have your parents' name on them. And you may find a, a worthy adult that you can hand the cash to if you're working a, a job. You know, you're working at McDonald's or you're working at Target or Walmart or wherever and you cash your check. But if you really want to, at least you're getting something. What do you think of that? I am not I don't know that anyone younger than 18 could buy it because that's still a um, it's it's a contract, you know, and it's you can't 18 year olds, to the best of my knowledge, you know, you have to be 18 to be on, you know, own a savings bond to because most of the time those savings bonds that are bought for you have a parent's name on them. Mm -hmm. But what I would say is if it is a uniform gift to minors account or a uniform transfer to minors account, uh, which is two of the legal ways you set up accounts for minors, though that money is the minor's money. So if that account gets drained, there is recourse because that is their money. And if it wasn't used for their benefit, then, I mean, that's against the rules of the account. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the savings bond thing, um, like I used to always buy all of my nephews and nieces when they were under 18 savings bonds as Christmas gifts. So... That's why I said if you had a, if you do have a trustworthy adult, they can put their name on it, buy you the bond with your money, and it is yours to cash out, and you physically can hold the bond. That's kind of the workaround. It's not illegal, um, but um, yeah, I know the uniformed. Unfortunately, if you have shady parents, they're not going to suggest you get that kind of an account. If you, as a as a sixteen year old, don't know enough to 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 ask for it, which is why we're educating people. Um, is home ownership still a good investment? What do you think? I am. I mean, I'm still a um, definitely agree in home ownership. I think it's an interesting time to uh, look at purchasing a home with, um, you know, prices are still higher for most of the part of the country uh, values. But uh, with interest rates going up, that might begin to change. You know, I always recommend that you know people find a trusted realtor and a trusted mortgage broker to really evaluate your situation and when the timing is right to purchase a home. Can you really buy an investment property with no money down? Again, go to your trusted realtor and trusted uh, mortgage broker. They know the answers to that and they know all the rules and all the programs. There's tons of programs out there, uh, but that is definitely not my area of expertise. So somebody wanted to know if you studied finance in high school. No, I did not. I took some accounting classes in uh, college, but um, yeah, no, I did not study it in high school. They didn't offer 
classes. It, it was interesting. I yeah. mean, there was a, a class where we learned to balance a checkbook, which no one does anymore. But that was about the extent of my knowledge. You know, and I, I wish everyone had parents like I had growing up. I mean, I, you know, worked from a very young age. I, um, you know, my parents always helped out, but I was always expected to participate. So I learned the value of money early on and, um, you know, had, you know, accounts, bank accounts early and had to manage them. And, you know, that's one of the best ways to learn, you know, how to start managing your money. You know, I, and I always recommend, this is what I did with my children. They, um, especially when it was gifts and things like that, they always had to take a percentage and put it into savings. Uh, they had to give a percentage and then they got to spend a percentage. And, uh, you know, so I think that is always a good way to, you know, look, help your children start to, and young adults start to learn the value of money and, you know, not always be given things because as soon as they started working too, and I'll put this plug out there, um, when they had a job, they had to start a Roth IRA. The younger you start that, the better. That's after tax dollars going into an IRA account, but it grows tax free. And, um, you know, so that again is an excellent thing to look at as a young adult with a job because you have to have earned income to open one. So one person wanted to know, how do I do what you do so I can help others? That's a really good question. I think um, having an interest in it is the first thing. And then connecting with somebody. I mean, if, if someone is here in the U.S., because I know you all have an international audience, but if they're in the United States and would like to learn more, I, I you know, I'll give my contact information and I can point them in some directions to, uh, you know, learn how to do this. So, you know, I'll be glad to do that. Excellent, Coach. So, 12. Um, so, I know we're almost out of time. I do want to put this out there. I'm going to ask this question only because I want I, I want whoever was asking that question, which I'm assuming is either watching it or is going to watch the replay. But I suspect you are responsible for getting your own clients. Is that not true? Yes, that is true. Um, with um, my firm, that is true. And most firms, that's the case. Yeah. And it's not the mob firms. Um, with our firm, that's the case, but it's, we have a great process and most companies do on how to get people started and to, you know, really help them with reaching out to people, um, you know, either warm or, uh, lukewarm or cold markets. Uh, you know, there's lots of great ways to do that. And I will put this out there because I'm in Virginia, but a lot of states in the United States are now requiring companies who have, um, and in Virginia, what it is is 25 or more employees are going to have to offer a retirement plan. And you know, that's another way to really help individuals and businesses out 
is, you know, to start talking to businesses. Yep. So Elmer, is this where you come in? What? I said, is this where Elmer comes in and tells us our countdown is over? Almost. So I just wanted to make it clear. There are ways to do things that are closer to working with people's finances in a social work position like way where you would get hired and paid to help people figure out money and do things. Um, but it's more of a social worker. And then what Mary does is a sales position. And however warm the leads are, it's still a sales position. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the position I had. It's a great position. But for somebody who's considering it, you are do want to take a look and say, can I see myself going out and making sales to convince people I can help them, which over the which is going to be a lot more profitable. Let's be clear. Salespeople make more than social workers if they may if they're any good. So we just want to have a reality check here, um, you know, versus being, you know, somebody who who goes and does it, you know, you know, again, in more of a social work mode. There are two different ways to help people with money. Of the two, there's only one in which you don't ever have to worry about how much money you have, and that would be Mary's way. <laughs> yeah. <you> well. <laughs> All right, so we are out of time. Yep. Um, our next guest in two weeks is Sean Cannon. Cannon. Yep, from the Karate Kid. And Cobra Kai. Mm -hmm. um, and a few other... Uh, Bold and the Beautiful, Young and the Restless. He's an actor and producer. Um, so that will be August 28th. Uh, thank you, for Mary, for uh, coming back and uh, sharing your wisdom with us again. I will play us out with, and as soon as I get the outro going. Thanks for watching or listening to the Laughing, Loving Into Live show. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, Please share it with others, post about it on social media, or support us with Buy Me A Coffee. To catch all of the latest from Laughing, Loving, and Alive, you can follow us on Instagram at Laughing, Loving, and Alive, and on Facebook at Laughing, Loving, and Alive. Thanks again, and see you next time.